episode 25 of the Bowery Capital Startup Sales Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Bowery Capital Startup Sales Podcast. I'm joined this week by Stu Wall, founder and CEO of Signpost. Hey, Stu, how you doing? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Um, all right. So this week, we're going to talk about sales team incentives. Um, we can briefly touch on the monetary ones, but I'm particularly interested in the non-monetary ones. For the uh, audience out there that doesn't know what Signpost is, can you give us a little bit of background? Yeah, sure. So um, Signpost is automated CRM for brick and mortar businesses. So we help businesses understand uh, who all of their prospects and existing customers are and then set up automated marketing campaigns that do anything from help convert people that are interested in the business but have never purchased from them all the way to get reviews and referrals from their best clients. Awesome. And how do you uh, guys sell that product? Uh, so we, um, you know, get a fair amount of inbound from people that, that have kind of heard about the company, but we also do a lot of outbound marketing and outbound sales. And, uh, I chose you for this topic because you have three, uh, sales teams in three different cities and you have, you said over a hundred sales reps now. That's right. So we have, um, really three go to market channels, but, uh, we have local, which sells to individual business owners. Um, we have a franchise team now that sells to larger franchises. Um, and uh, multi-location organizations, and then we have an agency sales team. So uh, some version of all three of those in three markets, which is headquartered in New York, but with uh, large offices in Austin and Denver. So you've seen also, you know, from the very beginning when it was one sales reps, how to motivate him, and then uh, all the way up till now, can you briefly touch on how that changes over time? Yeah, I mean, I'll start by saying I was the first sales rep, which I think is pretty important uh, to, to kind of understand and you know, you never want to ask someone to do something that you haven't uh, done yourself and, and can't do yourself. So it, it has changed over time. I mean, I think it was, to be honest, like um, a little bit easier at the, at the very beginning because I was managing sales. We had a handful of reps. There were no communication gaps. It's pretty quick for us to, to kind of, uh, you know, generate insights and, and, and move things around. And motivation is pretty high when you're a really small company. I think when you get larger, uh, it's more important you have better systems and processes in place. And we're always, you know, trying to get better there. Yeah. And I know, obviously, salespeople, you hire them and because they're driven by money. And that's the number one way to incentivize them. At what point do you start having to think about other ways besides their commission to get them to be motivated and, and do a good job? Yeah, I mean, I think good, you know, most most salespeople are, are obviously motivated by compensation, but I wouldn't even say it's necessarily the most important thing. I mean, people want to enjoy what they do. Um, you know, commissions at best are paid out monthly. So you've got something you're doing, you know, every hour of every day, you want to have something that makes the job fun, uh, that kind of keeps you engaged and motivated, uh, even outside of kind of the longer payouts. So I think, uh, even really early on, we try to think of ways to make the, the job fun and, you know, uh, keep people, you know, uh, engaged. Can you tell us the first thing that you guys did, uh, to keep your team motivated? Yeah. I mean, I think we pretty early on started doing sales contests. Um, so we would do something, you know, one of the ones that I think was more popular is we did a putting 
challenge. So uh, basically, depending on the sale you made, you'd get to, to uh, putt on like a small putting green in the office, depending on the type of sale, decide how far away you were. It was one of those things that kind of was an afterthought for me is like, hey, this is something fun this, this month. And what happened was, you know, someone would make a putt, the guy next to him would miss a putt. And then all of a sudden, that person would be there until like 9pm at night trying to get a, you know, redemption to beat the person next to him. So it means it's one of those things where again, like there's no silver bullets. I think there's a lot of different ideas for contests, but we always want to make it something that's fun, engaging, different, you know, fair, but uh, just, just kind of make the job uh, more fun. And are they always um, individual contests or do you do team contests as well? We do team contests as well. And we do office contests. So we, we could even do, and occasionally we'll do an even a company contest. So we could say for a month, um, like this month with Memorial Day coming up, if the company hits, you know, a certain uh, point goal, or if the office, you know, if the Austin office hits a certain point goal, they get to leave two days early for the, the holiday. So, I mean, you can do things like that to kind of get everybody to move together. It doesn't have to be individual contests. What do you think was the best incentive or I guess the one that the sales team was most pumped up about trying to win? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I mean, I'd say the one, it's not necessarily a contest, but something that people I think get really um, excited for is President's Club. So we do, it's a pretty common thing to do. We do a President's Club uh, every six months. Our top... I'd say around 10% of sales reps get to go. Um, we just went to um, just outside Cancun uh, a few months ago. I go, our head of revenue goes, and then kind of the best reps and best managers go. Um, that's done on a you know six-month kind of basis. I think people get really amped. That's probably where you see people get the most excited for something like that. And I guess um, we touched on it briefly, but... What's the biggest difference between like back then and now when it's, you know, hundred people, are the contests changing or are they still the same? I know that the general idea is the same, but yeah. how do you, I guess, structure them? How has that changed? Kind of getting tactical for our listeners. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the contests themselves are, are generally run by the sales managers yep. or like the director of the office. So in some ways it's like very similar, just replicating what I used to do when we had one sales team with several teams. I would say other things, because it's not just contests, it's things like having a scoreboard that kind of show the points um, for all of the reps and let people know, you know how, where they are, where they can improve. Um, we have a sales song that plays. Every time someone makes a sale, um, you know, gong goes off and their sales song plays in every office. So there, there's some things like that, like infrastructure and having better systems and processes where I think it's more important. If you only have five sales reps, everybody kind of knows how everyone's doing. Once you have a hundred, it's more important you have like a scaled system that that works for everybody. Um, so I, I would say like the, those things change over time. And do you guys have is your scoreboard in all three cities? Can everyone from every city see each other, or is it just a scoreboard per city? Everyone from every city can see each other, and so uh, the way it works is a, a gong will go off, and then it, it'll play the sell song and there's a little bit of a gap between the gong and the song and every, every office is kind of waiting to see if it was their office or not. If it's their office, everyone claps. If not, you can have kind of have a competitive silence. Uh, so it's, <laughs> it's good that, you know, you have that even inner office competition where like people yeah. rooting for each other. Now, do you still hit the phones every once in a while? Does your song ever play? Uh, my song is not played for a long time. Um, but yeah, I think it is important to, to be close, uh, to sales, customer experience, et cetera. So, you know, I will sit on the floor. We have a kind of floating desk that we've, we've done in New York. And then when I'm in Austin and Denver, I sit on the floor and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll jump on as needed. And, um, well, the audience will have already heard this, but what would be your sales song? Cause that's going to be your intro song for this podcast. <laughs> that's a, that's a great question. 
Uh, I think, you know, if I had to do a sales song, this is like on the spot right now, I don't know, maybe like the final countdown. Could be oh, uh, that final countdown <laughs> is great. I used to play that um, before any big uh, water polo match that I had when I was growing up. We played it once and we won the championship, and so then we go. decided we, right. we just had to listen to it every time. It's, so that's a, a good it's one. A, it's a catch. I don't think anyone's using it, so I think I can get away with that. Um, okay, so have you? Let's talk about biggest boss. Have you ever had something that that just didn't work, or or had a negative impact on on the team, or does that happen? Yeah, I mean, for sure. I think like anytime, um, anytime you do something that. Uh, is kind of outside of the outside of the salespeople's control. I think it's it can go really poorly. Um, so this isn't necessarily a contest, but we used to do some compensation things around uh, the retention of clients after they signed up. And what we learned was that there are too many things because our sales reps don't manage their accounts after the sale. There are too many factors outside of their control to to manage that. And so it, it kind of felt like it wasn't fair. And then you get a lot of pushback and you know low morale and things like that. So I, I think as as long as it's like you know, well-intentioned, it's, it's fair and it's within the reps control. We've, we've seen success. And something that I get asked a lot about is kind of, um, keeping it, keeping everything fresh and maintaining it as you, you guys have been around for a while, five years, five plus years now. Um, and some of your salespeople have been around for almost as long. Yeah. How do you keep them engaged? Because, you know, to them, you know, they've probably won every contest. They, they're going through the motions at the point. How do you keep it interesting? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, um, you've got to make the day-to-day job interesting. You, you've got to, I think like when you think about longer term, there's got to be a promotion path and kind of an opportunity to learn. So I think more important than compensation is like being a part of a, a company they believe in, um, feeling like they're learning, they're challenged, they're having an impact in the business, they're accelerating in their career. So if you think longer term, we have a pretty well-defined promotion path. So in really like three to six months, uh, you can get promoted even within the sales, kind of the entry level, kind of on the local team. Uh, you know, first you kind of graduate onto the sales floor, then you can get promoted to a senior sales exec, senior sales exec after that, then we kind of have two paths. So you can, uh, you know, potentially move into management or you can move into like our later stage sales, which is like mid market agency and franchise. And so I think having that career trajectory is pretty important when you think about someone being with the company for several years. Um, and then day to day, you want to make them as successful as possible. That's another big thing. If, if, um, there's an office or a team that's really having trouble getting sales. Like nothing, nothing hurts morale and makes a job less fun than not performing well. So like doing everything we can to make sure reps are trained, they have the, the tools they need, they've got the demo, you know, so like they, they're having success. That's really important because when we've seen people fail, you know, that's when you have low morale and people start leaving the, the company. And I guess that's a good segue into kind of um, things that you guys do on an individual kind of one-on-one basis to keep people um, motivated and, and performing well. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, outside of like the, the kind of contest stuff we covered before, um, we think training is pretty important. That's another thing over time as we've gotten bigger, we've realized is, is more important. So again, like early days, uh, training was kind of, you know, sitting with me (laughs) and like walking through the pitch. Um, now we have, uh, training managers in every office. Um, we have, uh, directors in charge of training, there's a pretty regimented kind of training program on the front end. So by the time people get out of training, they have kind of confidence in the tools for them to succeed. We also do that on an ongoing basis. So every Wednesday we have training in all offices. We do one-on-ones between the managers and the reps once a week. We do a lot with the metrics. So if you look at the sales pipeline for any individual sales rep, understanding 
you know, where they're uh, kind of ahead of their, their peers and where they're behind. So it might be that you're really good at getting to a demo, but when you are in a demo with a merchant, your close rate is, you know, significantly lower than others. So then it's kind of like, let's focus on, on, on this specific break for you because this is where we're going to have the biggest impact. Yep. Well, I think now is a good time to take a break. So we'll be right back after a message from our sponsors. Hey, podcast listeners. Eric Vreeland here from the Bowery Capital team. This episode of the Bowery Capital Startup Sales Podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Rocketship.fm. Are you a startup founder that cares about success in the early days? Do you find yourself struggling to learn from the pros and get the best advice all the time? Well, then get on over to Rocketship.fm now. The team over at Rocketship.fm hosts amazing 20-minute interviews twice a week with successful startup founders. They talk about the stuff that matters, the early days of business, and the activities that help founders succeed at key points along the way. The best part is they have great guests on the show working for amazing companies that are going through the same issues that you probably are. Companies like HubSpot, GitHub, Basecamp, and many more. We at Bowery are big fans of the podcast and know how hard it is to learn from the pros. So get on over to Rocketship.fm today. That's Rocketship.fm. All right, we're back. So um, we were just talking about training and how that keeps you guys motivated. Um, I was wondering, I wanted to get into kind of uh, the structure of your meetings and, and how you guys have those. I know a lot of teams vary on the, on the uh, frequency of them, so I'm interested in hearing how you guys deal with that. Yeah, so we have uh, a fair number of, of, of sales meetings. Um, so, I mean, just to go through a couple, I mentioned this before, but you do a one-on-one between the, the rep and their manager once a week. We, we try to provide some data for each of those meetings. So our sales ops team will send a report that kind of walks through how that rep's performing uh, you know, across the board. Um, we do a sales rally once a month. That I think is pretty important. So, um, you know, uh, Chris DePatri, our head of revenue, will, will lead that rally. But... I think that's like a really important point to focus on what went well last month. So there is a little bit of like a, a pump up session of here were people that were promoted last month. Here are kind of our top performers. Um, we also try to call out things that are not going well. So um, I think it's really important. We've also learned this, that uh, when something's not going well, it's always better to call it out and be transparent and kind of talk through what we're doing to address it versus, you know, not discussing if we missed sales goals the month before. Um and then uh, we do a fair amount of, of kind of training sessions. I'd also say when I'm in Austin and Denver, um, given those are satellite offices, I, I go about once a month. And so I sit on the sales floor in there. I also try to do at least one presentation to the team just to, to kind of get exact exposure outside of, of just the, the headquarters. Um, yeah, I think those are the, the main ones that come to mind. Now, at these, this is just salespeople in these meetings, or I know That's, some teams combine sales and marketing? Yeah, so I mean, the, the presentations when I'm in Austin and Denver, everyone's invited. Got um, it. But it's, it's predominantly uh, sales and marketing folks. Cool. With, with some customer experience, which I think is, is kind of, you know, uh, similar category. Yeah. And, and are those guys, um, I guess, you know, this is focused on sales, but we can touch briefly on the, on the other teams as well. Um, what is there anything unique that you guys do to keep those teams motivated? Any kind of keep contest? The, non, the non-sales teams? Yeah, maybe yeah. Mar- marketing competitions or yeah. or um, customer success competitions. Uh, yeah, customer success for sure. I mean, I think it's it's similar. Um, obviously, like fairly different role than the sales team, but like similar in that you want to keep people motivated. So, I mean, the the targets would be different. It's not you know, it's less about uh, the number of sales you've closed and kind of the performance of of the merchants that have come through onboarding. So. Um, I think we take a similar approach. They tend to sit in different parts of the office, just the sales floor. 
is a pretty lively environment, so you know, fairly fairly noisy. So uh, account management's a little bit little bit quieter, but uh, I think also high energy and, and a lot of the same things about motivation apply. Cool. Can you um, elaborate a little bit on the environment of the sales floor and and kind of how that keeps people going and keeps them excited? Yeah, I think if if people come into our office, I think they're normally uh, surprised by the the level of energy. So um, we have music playing uh, all the time. It could be the sales song if someone's closed recently. It could be. Uh, it's, it's surprising people kind of have disagreements over the music, often myself included. But uh, someone will be DJing for the day. Um, so I think that makes it like a fun environment. We'll do you know different points of the day. Um, you know, teams might all be kind of standing up. Uh, you know, you, people will kind of applaud each other. In uh, in Denver, um, they have uh, terrible towels, which are these things kind of everybody waves when when they make a sale. Um, so I, I think in, in general, it's a it's a pretty lively environment, and again, that just makes the job uh, more fun. Now, was it always like this, or um, is this something that has kind of become established over time? And the identity has has taken uh, maturity. Yeah, the identity's kind of happened over time. So we we initially, when I was running sales, which is you know a long time ago, uh, there was no music, and everybody <laughs> they were they were sitting next to developers, and you know there's there's a little bit of a. Uh, you know, disconnect there. But so I think over time it's evolved. We probably started playing music in like, I don't know, 2013 or something. Sounds like for, um, our early stage startup listeners that when your sales team is sitting right next to your development team, then you kind of have to be a little bit more, uh, conscious to the, uh, developers. Totally. Yeah. And we, the way we've kind of solved it now is in New York, we have, uh, tech and product on, on one side of the office, uh, sales on the other side, and then through the middle is kind of like an all-glass row of conference rooms. So you can everyone can see each other, but there's some like sound insulation. And then like the ping-pong table and like the kitchen, everything is, is shared. So there's still, people can, uh, it's important you're one company, like everybody's on the same, you know, everybody's in the same business, everyone's on the same team, we're on the same floor, we can see each other, but you've got some separation so the noise doesn't bother developers. Uh, um, I, so as you're, um, I guess this is an interesting question as your uh, offering starts to become more expensive or let's say you start to go upstream, yeah. do you find that the, um, prizes that you're giving away have to kind of adjust to, to, you know, the, what the salespeople are making? Um, yeah, I, I, I would say probably not. Um, I mean, so we give away more, you, you want to make it. Uh, like the same percentage of people are eligible to to kind of you know win whatever whatever it is like whether it's like the bonus or presence club you know presence club now is like eighteen people for us so it's a relatively big trip um, but I, I don't think we necessarily have like bigger bigger prizes yeah. uh, I, I don't think you know given like a lot of the stuff is non monetary it's yeah. it's more about kind of uh, creating a healthy competition than the the, the monetary component itself because yeah. that that's like largely captured in the bonus. So if people are really performing, they can, you know, count on a, a much bigger bonus for like the contest. It's more of kind of a fun thing. Yep. And it sounds like this would be um, a nightmare to manage this for a hundred sales employees. So are there some tools that these, that our uh, listeners can go out and use if they want to do something like this themselves? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, in terms of like running, you know, non-monetary contests. Uh, I, not that I know of, um, <laughs> but, uh, so there's, you know, there's a startup idea. Google, maybe. Google, yeah. Google docs, uh, is how we kind of track those things. Um, we do use a thing called hoopla. We just, um, introduced. So hoopla is a, a scoreboard. It does allow you to kind of create some contests and like challenge, uh, reps. Um, we just started using it a month ago. Um, okay. it plugs into Salesforce. It's pretty seamless. Yep. Um, some of the Salesforce, 
if you're a very new startup, Salesforce is not the easiest thing to set up. So that might not be uh, yeah. cheap, but, but I think it's, it, it, it seems to work relatively well for us. Very cool. Um, have you found that there's some uh, motivational techniques that work extremely well for a certain type of salesperson and then there's other motivational techniques that might work well for another group of salespeople? Um, absolutely. So I, I kind of take that question in two buckets. So on the, on the contest front, when you're designing a contest, you kind of have to think about, is this something that I want to motivate the entire base of sales reps or only the people that are top performers? So if it's something where it's like whoever uh, sells the most this month gets you know, a flat screen TV, what will happen is halfway through the month, the group will kind of self-identify as who's, who's in the running and who's not. And the people that are not will kind of no longer be motivated by that. Um, if you make it something that has kind of a shorter duration or uh, you could make it on like talk time or something like that, that has the potential to motivate kind of the entire base. Uh, and, and, you know, but, but it, you just have to kind of think about how you structure it and do you want to motivate uh, either only the top performers or the entire group. Are there any um, anything that our listeners should be wary of uh, as far as uh, salespeople kind of gaming the system or f I guess things that have just completely failed as far as you, you wanted this desired outcome and you, you got something else? Yeah, I, I think um, good salespeople will generally find a way to <laughs> uh, you know achieve within kind of the constraints you give them. So we view it as a good thing provided... We, we do take a pretty hard line if people ever like directly cheat on something. So, and, and this hasn't happened for years, but you could see something where talk time is an incentive and, you know, someone calls their cell phone and, you know, just yeah. kind of leaves it on for 20 minutes. Um, we, we have a zero tolerance on that. I think it happens kind of once and then never again when, when, you know, so things like that, I think are, are important to set the ground rules and, and, you know, if you, uh, it becomes a very slippery slope. If you, if you don't make it clear, like, Hey guys, like this is, this is not allowed. Um, in terms of, you know, uh, things that have, you know, incentives that have kind of gone awry. I mean, I, I think there, <laughs> there are, there are times where we've done something where it's like one big contest where only like one rep in, in all the office wins something. And it really does turn into like a handful of people being really competitive and the rest of the office being demotivated. And that's yeah. not good. Those people are already kind of earning a high commission. So that might not be the best use of, of a contest. Um, you also don't want, uh, salespeople becoming too aggressive to try to, you know, close a sale within a certain time frame. If there's like too big of an incentive for them to do that, you know, we want to have a consultative sales process. So you want to make sure that your incentives, whether it's a contest or your commissions don't encourage salespeople to use tactics that you'd, you'd prefer not used. Um, again, I think we have a great sales team. This is not something, uh, we in particular see as a problem, but I think when you think about contest design, you want to make sure it, it, uh, encourages the right behavior, which is not only, you know, the level of effort and, and, you know, uh, the sales volume, but also kind of selling in the right way. And what is the general timeline, um, that these contests take place in? Is it a week? Is it a day? Is it a month? It could be anything. Uh, so we, you want to have, uh, you want to have newness to it. So a month, month long contest can feel a bit stale. So we, we certainly have and continue to do month long contests. Um, we'll also do kind of random, you know, day long contests. Uh, so it's a, you want to keep them new, different. We don't tend to run the same thing twice. We don't, you know, run like a single month long contest every month. Um, you also don't want to create contest fatigue at the same time. So you might kind of take a break for a while. If, if there's a contest every day or every month, uh, the efficacy falls off. So we, you know, intentionally don't do one like all, there's not like a, a perpetual contest running at any point in time. 
Um, but yeah, I think I think change is is one of the more important uh, components. Um, and do you guys do um, offsites or happy hours or or is this usually are those things usually full company or broken into sales team, marketing team? How do you guys structure those? We try to do uh, at least one happy hour a month. That's the entire company. Um, you know, sales teams might also go out as like a group, you know, of, of, you know, eight to 10 people and like they all go out by themselves. Whenever we do like a big happy hour, I think it's better to be inclusive and try to get everybody to, to kind of mingle together. You, you like to see kind of that cross-functional, you know, sales folks with developers and, you know, uh, marketing, you know, connecting with sales. I think that's, that's where a lot of times like having those relationships makes us a better company because people kind of understand like each other's jobs and, you know, it's lower friction communication. Um, and then we also try to do things. We have a, uh, someone who's kind of in charge with social and philanthropy in every office. So this past week, um, we did a, a you know philanthropic activity on a, on a Saturday. We had a, a bunch of people come out. Um, we also do kind of planned social events. Um, so you know, I, I, I'd suggest all of the above. Awesome. Well, I think those are all uh, good ideas. Is there anything either uh, that our company should do or that our company shouldn't do? One last bit of advice that you want to leave um, before we take off. Uh, you know, I think the only thing we didn't talk about is compensation, which I know, I guess maybe this, no, no, we can definitely, we can definitely, we can definitely end on some compensation <laughs> thoughts. Cause I, yeah. I mean, we get asked for them a lot. Yeah. Um, so please, by all means. Yeah. I mean, I think there's, there's no, um, silver bullet on, on compensation clearly, but I think, I think it is really important to get right. Um, and so setting something up that's achievable, very transparent and, um, kind of easy to, to measure both on an ongoing day to day basis. Then like at the end of the month is really important where we've really gotten ourselves into trouble is when we've either set goals that weren't realistic or, um, you know, we've had some kind of complex system where it's really difficult for the sales rep to kind of understand, you know, either what their commission is going to be now or what it will be depending on how many sales they make. So ha having something that, uh, ties, you know, the sales reps performance to the company goals, but then also is pretty easy for them to understand, um, I think is, is important. And then even if you don't have kind of a fancy scoreboard system, uh, even if it's in like a, you know, Google spreadsheet, making sure that that's like really easy to monitor and track and they kind of all know where they are. Um, I think when, when we were in situations where, where things were not so transparent there, I think it definitely hurt us and caused a lot of confusion and anxiety. So, uh, that's something we feel is pretty important. We also kind of set up a system and, you do get some pushback on this where we, we can make updates. Um, so we have like a point compensation system and that allows us to make some updates and say, Hey, you know, we're pushing this con, you know, this contract type is, is really performing well for us. So, you know, there's going to be a little bit more incentive going forward to, to make quick updates without disrupting the, the entire sales floor. Cool. So keep it simple and don't be afraid to make updates if you need to. Yeah, that's right. Cool. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot, Stu. Thanks for coming in. Yeah. Thanks. It was a lot of fun. All right. Talk to you later.